The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good takes. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> is the home of course this is the homance chronicles and i'm sarah with a bunch of fur in my mouth and i'm nicole <laughs> and i have a little bit of a a tiny story of how oh. i came up with my hoe of history today Ooh, origin story okay but first have you been keeping up with a 90 day fiance obviously the one that's are out right now so sarper and sarper and (laughs) yeah shakina yeah i've been keeping up with those fucking idiots well one of the couples that continues to (laughs) play a pivotal role in this show gino and jasmine oh god you know they're in canton Mm, yeah so gino is is from michigan there he lives in Canton, which isn't that far away from us. Nope. And they were showing them at like a bulk goods store or something. And I did not recognize this store. No, it was a fancy one that's downtown Canton. It was like was a like... five below, but not. Okay. It, it had way B2. more than five below, though, it looked like. Right. It, I mean, it, it was. It was like a variety store because I was like, where the fuck is that? It's downtown Canton. Like, really? Yeah. It's like a. I didn't know that Canton even really had a downtown and I lived there for a year. Really? Yeah. It was like a little village shopping center. Okay. Well, anyway, it looked like a Costco or something, you know? Yeah. But it was just funny because I was like, why wouldn't I know this? Like, why is this so foreign to me? I'm, I'm going to look it up now. Because I said the same <laughs> thing. I was like, where the fuck are they? <laughs> but there was this. Oh, they were in either Novi. I think they were in Novi. They had to have been. That Yeah, I think that's where they were at. They had to have been. Um, because I'm like, I don't really feel like Canton has a downtown area. Like, they have um, a downtown-ish, but it's not like cute it's just normal it's like all the big box stores you know a bunch of chains and stuff anyway um so jasmine gets off the flight if we back up to like episode one or two or whatever of this season she gets off the flight and they're in the airport and she asks if it's air conditioning or if it's just that cold outside (laughs) And I love how how Gino was like, we're inside, so it's air conditioning. But when you get outside, you see that it's a chillier time. So I was like, they don't have the air on in the winter. No. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, (laughs) let's be honest. Gino's a little bit on the spectrum. We're just going to call it how we see it. Yeah. And he didn't. I mean, I have to assume he felt that AC is on like year round because the heat had to have been on at that point because there was snow on the ground. It, it was just the their whole situation is totally ridiculous to me. But her She's landing a- at DTW and me being able to like pinpoint, oh, she was at 
that end of the airport. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, oh, my God, what would it be like if we saw them? What if you we have no them? idea? I'm telling you right now, I would love <laughs> to possibly run into them. I I know for a fact he worked at one of the you know car companies around here as an engineer. He worked at Ford. Oh, see, 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 see. I don't think they ever say Ford, but he drives no. a Ford, so you have to assume, yeah, for sure. I just thought he was like a tier one supplier, kind no of contract guy. No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he worked for Ford, and that's not that far from Canton. They're uh, Dearborn, right? Borders. So to me, he that's what I job. deduced. He quit his job. <laughs> but she's just so Spoiler unrealistic alert. looking. Like if you look at a before and after from when they first started this show years oh, ago yeah. to now, like she's just so um mannequin looking like so fake looking i don't know yeah. i almost want to like see her in person to be like are you i'm if i do I'm, touching her. I'm a toucher <laughs> are you actual poke oh man i just cannot imagine like the two of them and then she's like i'm getting hives from how dirty the house is oh honey it's not the house <laughs> <laughs> there are other things at play when she's a vegan he left a shit in the toilet I, I know i know you're talking about all the small little things how about the fact that she spent ten thousand dollars on butt implants uh that and, terrible by the way yeah and used all the money that he gave her for a wedding dress to put implants in but then also still talks to her ex to get more money 2k to do the same (laughs) i just don't know i don't know i honestly feel like though like i want to see them in public just to see i don't even know if i'd want to approach i just want to think i'd observe like mm. yeah Mm. i just want to see like well you know how it's like to just look at people and you're like wow you're actual (laughs) In real life. <laughs> yeah. And then the um the trans woman, Nikki. I was like, which one? Nicole. <laughs> um I swear to God, I've seen her on botched before. And botched is now well, her nose on... is all fucked up, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So botched was a plastic surgery show with Dr. Terry Debro and Forget the other guy's something Nasser, I think. Or no, no, that's the the Michigan State guy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the botch guy's Nasif, I think. <laughs> yes, that is him. Um. So anyway, they are, well, one of them is divorced from an ex Beverly Hills, uh, housewife that was on Bravo, and then Terry DeBrow is still married to Heather, who is still a current. Beverly Hills housewife. Okay, that's why I was like, they have to be connected somehow, some way. How did they just um, get this random TV show where they work together? I mean, their friendship is pretty entertaining. It's very funny. Uh, but they had a, a show on E! called Botched, which just came out on Netflix. And I'm, I'm like, 
you know, 99.9% certain that the Nikki from 90 Day Fiance is the cover image of Botched on Netflix at the moment. Not me looking. <laughs> Not me looking it up right now as we speak. But, you know, they, they change the, like, thumbnail images, like the covers a lot. Yeah. So, but when I <laughs> when I saw her on 90 Day Fiance, she had already looked familiar to me. And, I was, and then I was like, oh, okay. Ding, ding. It's all coming together. <laughs> yes, she was an unbotched. She was go. on Jersey Licious and the Tyra Banks show. Making the rounds. She also faced difficulties after filming for Botched. She lost her apartment and had her segments scrapped from the show. Huh. Well, if her segments were never used, then how would I have seen her? I mean, they probably... They might have been used and then removed later or something. Yeah. Oh, it's on the webs. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> all right i'm gonna have to report back on this later <laughs> uh, so people who don't watch 90 day fiance are completely bored so i might as well jump into our whole well, history I mean, for this they week. should really get into it <laughs> if they want to know if they don't know already come on uh, yeah so i was over at my brother and sister-in-law's house on saturday and my sister-in-law's uh mom and stepdad were there and uh, the topic of this podcast came up at dinner and um, they they were talking about um, all these you know famous women or women in history that they're familiar with and I'm pretty sure that her mom had said somebody that she just watched a documentary on um, they spewed out many names, which I did not write down. So <laughs> I went with the one that I remembered. <laughs> All right. I mean, there was a not like, so they said, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but like, I feel like you got to really dedicate some time for Ruth. Um, Ruth is going to be a two-parter if we want to do her any justice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they actually brought up Hedy Lamar, who you had just done. Hetty. Yeah. Oh, because we had the whole discussion about spies and everything. <laughs> yeah. And um uh fun fact, women didn't get the right to vote till 1919. I thought it was like in the 50s, but apparently it was like right before 1920. Yeah, it was the suffragette movement in mm. the 20s. Like so anyway, to vote. I think uh, we were allowed to claim ourselves as our own individual persons at the same time. Like, we are allowed to vote, and we're actually human beings all at the same time. Uh, I don't know if it was a twofer. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. <laughs> um, so, speaking of which, today, which happens to be November 7th, when we're recording this, it's voting day, so I turned in my ballot. Nice. Um, so, I encourage... Everybody and everybody to vote, especially since women have only been able to do it for like a hundred years. (laughs) Fucked up. Um, yeah. So today's story is somebody that my brother suggested. Love this. She's an activist. She's an activist. 
I combined actress and activist into I one mean, word. You just created TM trademarking trademarked. <laughs> the Homance Chronicles. Actress. She's an activist. <laughs> Where's Weber's dictionary? It's gonna be a good uh, word one day. You watch. Comedian, author, people? radio host, talk show host, producer, Hollywood icon for over 70 years, maybe even like 80 by the time she died. Do I know who you're going to do? Did you want to guess or do you want me to tell you? I will guess when you're done with your spiel. I'm done with my spiel. Joan Rivers. No, but that is that's very similar. It's close. Bob Betty White. I white so much i'm so excited i forgot <laughs> she's gone i know that she bums passed me away out. in uh 2021 oh god i just i felt like we were still living actually you know what we're not living in a world with buddy white anymore because look it's all going to shit she passed <laughs> away <laughs> and the balance has been offset we're fucked we've been just ever since <laughs> Betty, come back to us. Oh, man, I know. She lives on in everything because she, like I said, had 70 to 80 years of uh, acting experience. So it's pretty hard for someone to not know who she is. Um, she, she did not have like this. I guess, tumultuous background. So a lot of today's story is actually just going to be talking about like awards that she won and how she was a lot of firsts. Okay. Did you um, also know that her and her co-worker on the Golden Girls hated each other? Yeah, I have that in here. Perfect. The tea. <laughs> I know. Well, that's why I said it wasn't very tumultuous. Like I had no. to go digging for the tea. Yeah. Um. So Betty Marion White was born in Oak Park, Illinois on January 17th, 1992 or 1992, 1922. You could tell I have have a headache today because I'm like creating my own words, completely saying things that are not on this piece of paper. Um, Extravist. (laughs) You heard it here first. She was born in 1922. I didn't realize she was from Illinois. She they moved quickly. Okay. So um, she did clarify that her legal name is Betty. It's not shortened for Elizabeth or Beatrice. None of the above. Um, she was the only child of Christine Tess, who was a housewife and. Horace Logan White, who was a lighting company executive. Horace. And uh that's a fun good fact, name. her father was from Michigan. I'm not surprised by this. Horace. <laughs> I feel like we should name an animal this now. No. I feel like it's I don't know. It's too hard. Like it's too hard to roll off the tongue when you're yelling at them. Horse. Yeah. <laughs> Might not vibe. So when she was one years old, her family moved to Alhambra, California, and then later to L.A. during the Great Depression. So that's why I said she was born in Illinois, but she was only there for a year. Um, She graduated from Beverly Hills High School, class of 1939. That's insane. I know. And you think about like my grandmother was born 1935. So my grandmother was born four years before 
um, Betty graduated high school. And my grandma is like 87 or something. Oh, yeah. She was almost now. 100, right? Yes. Yes. But it's so hard to believe because she worked to like the very end. Right. And she was cognizant the whole yeah. time. Yeah. She was um, snappier and wittier and less brain foggy than I am currently. <laughs> right? Some good old fashioned Midwestern roots. <laughs> um. So she acted in shows for the school and uh, performed at her class's graduation play. She uh, was out of high school for just like one month and her and one of her classmates did um, some singing on an experimental television show. Uh, but at the time, television wasn't really a thing. Like it was still in development. Um, so she found work as a model and her first... Uh, professional acting job was at the Bliss Hayden Little Theater. So she was doing all these uh, little bits here and there and on different mediums in order to uh, work on like her stage presence and her timing. But then it got a little interrupted because of World War II. <laughs> that little WWII got a little <laughs> <laughs> really jacked him up. You know, yeah. jammed him up. Yep. So she volunteered for the American Women's Voluntary Services, and her her assignment included driving a PX truck with military supplies like soap and toothpaste to soldiers in the Hollywood Hills. Aww. Yep. Betty White tootling around. Yep. She participated in events for the troops as well before they were deployed overseas. So to me, that means that you know, they'd have like those one-off days or weekends where you'd have stage performances or people to come yeah. in and entertain the troops. Like, um, what is it? A white Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> um. So she had later said that her time uh, volunteering in the women's voluntary services was a strange time and out of balance with everything. Um, she didn't really, uh, I don't know. She didn't really like stick with it. She, I think she just did her, her little duty and that was good enough. Yeah. Um, again, she volunteered. So, you know, uh, however, she did meet her first husband, um, through this little process and he was an air force p-38 pilot his name was dick barker and so they got married in 1945 um she was only 23 they moved to bell center ohio because that's where this guy owned a chicken farm <laughs> marrying up got it so um he obviously wanted a simpler life he was like, girl, listen to me. All this fast-paced city life ain't for it. Yeah. And then Betty was like, but this <laughs> this isn't for me, though. So they returned to L.A. and then like, got divorced. Oh, my God. What's that show? Honey, I love you, but give me North Avenue. Do, 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 do. Beep, beep. Green yeah. Acres. Oh. <laughs> wow. That was a real throwback. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's how they got the inspiration. 
So they were married and, vo- and divorced within a year. Um, after the war, Betty tried to make rounds to movie studios looking for work, but she was turned down because she was, quote unquote, not photogenic. How many times have we heard this? It me also. This continuing trend of you're pretty, you know, but not that. Not don't have the look we are looking for. Um so anyway, when she continued acting at Bliss Hayden Little Theater, she starred in the play called Dear Ruth, and that's when she was spotted by Lane Allen. And Lane Allen was an actor, but then he later turned to be an agent. And he helped her pursue her career in acting. And she ended up marrying him in 1947 at 25. Well done. Yeah. But then they got divorced two years later because he wanted to have a family. And she said, no, thank you. I don't blame her. Can you? (laughs) She said she wanted to focus on her career rather than having children. So (laughs) bye-bye. Yeah, thanks, but nah. (laughs) I love that, like... She honestly took marriage as like a temporary thing. Like she's like, okay, well, we'll move out to Ohio and see how it is. Nope, hate it here. Bye. <laughs> I can't say she didn't try, you know? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we we didn't talk about the whole kid thing before we got married. Right. Well, I mean now we are. Well, whoopsie. Whoopsie. Still doing that to this day, huh? <laughs> so um since she was deemed to be not the prettiest girl for TV, uh, she decided to go work in radio where it doesn't matter what you look like. So Makes sense she, to me. Yeah, she started reading commercials and playing bit parts, and um, sometimes she even did, like, crowd noises or, like, background noises. Uh, she only made, like, $5 a show, but she would do pretty much anything. Um, they'd have her sing, and sometimes she, when she would do, like, some of those gigs, she wouldn't even get paid. Oh, God. Um, Could you imagine? It's like an internship. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was hustling, you know? Hustling. She appeared on several shows before being offered her own radio show called The Betty White Show. You know, and it just kicks off with a fucking bang. She is she <laughs> who she is from the jump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And getting the timelines on some of these shows was a little bit wonky. And then plus... The Betty White show revives itself a couple of times. So at one point, she was co-hosting a show with Al Jarvis, who was a disc jockey. And then um, later, actor Eddie Albert, and they had to ad lib their lines. And I guess it really took a toll on the men and they both left. And so then Betty ended up hosting alone. They couldn't ad lib like they didn't have banter. What the fuck? I guess. What the? That's so for them. They both bounced. Um, So she's often credited with being the first solo female talk show host on TV. Not that it was given to her, but because she could withstand the demands. (laughs) Um, Her brain did not (laughs) have an internal combustion from having to ad lib. Um. But I mean, she she worked hard as hell. Like this show, it was a five hour variety program and it required her to stay camera ready for hours on end. So and it aired six days a week from 1949 to 1953. That is a lot of airtime to fill. Yeah. Did she have to create content the whole time, too? 
I think so. Oh my God. That's incredible. Right. That's why it's like, well, we're kind of making fun of these guys, but that was, that's a lot. Um, so anyway, Betty would play multiple characters in different skits. She'd, she was like her own SNL. <laughs> she was a, yes, she was a one woman show. And in one of her recurring bits, she played Elizabeth, a housewife who became very popular with viewers. So at this time, now the TV networks want uh, more programming because, I mean, that variety show was on for five hours. Like, come on. So no kidding. They spun off this Elizabeth character into her own half hour sitcom. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it was called it was called Life with Elizabeth. And it was notable because Betty was actually a producer. She formed a production company. And at the time, she was very few women to be in that position. Um, This was the 1950s. So it was like her and Lucille Ball. (laughs) Right. I was going to say the only (laughs) other one I could think of is Lucille Ball. And she named the production company after her dog, Bandit. (laughs) I love Uh, that. Simple. She was a huge animal rights activist. Um, so Elizabeth was in syndication for two years. Uh, and when it ended, Betty was like 29, like almost 30. And um, that's when they helped her launch the Betty White show in 1954. So on that show that has her actual name in the title, she exerted total creative control. And even was able to hire a female director. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I've already mentioned a few things where she's like firsts or like uh, one of few. And um, on her show, she actually featured a black dancer named Arthur Duncan. And this sparked a uproar bunch of complaints from viewers um it it made betty basically have the opposite reaction so she just started having him on the show more (laughs) oh okay i'm just gonna bring him back then fuck you people he's a human too yep so instead of him having guest spots he was now a regular (laughs) (laughs) and um that's awesome we're talking like Jim Crow era, right? Yeah. Southern states. <laughs> like there was boycotting about him being removed from the series. And Betty's response to all of this was, I'm sorry, live with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the quote. Seriously, though. <laughs> Just live with it. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, um, She continued to work in television and make guest appearances on show, like all kinds of different variety shows and game shows. Um, She was a favorite uh, of Jack Parr, who was a talk show host. So he often had her on the tonight show. Um, She made regular appearances on game shows like password. And that's where she met her third husband, Uh Alan Ludden was the host of Password in 1961. The two married in 1963, and they remained married until 1981 when Ludden died. 
So the two of them never had any children together, but Betty was a stepmother to his three children from a previous marriage. And there were a couple of different sources about their engagement where uh, one said that he proposed at least twice before she said yes. And then this story, which I find even more hilarious, it says, though Betty initially rebuffed Ludden's marriage proposal, he wore the engagement ring around his neck until she changed her mind. Oh, my God. All right. Okay. I'm just going to put this right here. <laughs> I'm going to wear my shirts open for the rest of this time. <laughs> I know. I mean, I don't know what was holding her back. Maybe it was because she had already had two divorces <laughs> under her belt. Probably um, waste her fucking time. I, yeah. And so, I mean, can you imagine having somebody that persistent? No, I absolutely cannot. I cannot either. Um, that you'd actually want to be with. Well, right. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like it seems like she used to propose all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm. It seems like she still wanted to be with him, and just maybe wasn't like she didn't want to be married. I don't know. Um, but as of today, her and Alan's Walk of Fame uh, stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame sit side by side. So, oh, forever. Yeah. On an interview with Larry King Live, she said that she wouldn't remarry um he you know of course he was he's like why and she says quote once you've had the best who needs the rest mm. i know and then she was asked by james lipton on inside the actor studio in 2010 if if there was a god and in sh- heaven existed then what would God say to her when she got there? And she quote said, come on in, Betty. Here's Alan. Oh, I know. It's so cute. It's just heartwarming to know she had a great love in her life. Right. She deserves it. I know. He died in 1981 and she died in 2021. So, I mean, that's a long time to... Yeah. Remain single and be still kind of dedicated to him. That's 40 years. Well, I mean, at that point, though, she had what she wanted. She'd been married to shitty people in the past. Like, she's done. Yeah. I don't blame her. Yeah. And she didn't really want children. So, you yeah. know, she definitely didn't. That didn't stop her from having a, an incredible family of people around her, you know. Oh, right. Uh, So, as I mentioned, it was like her and Lucille Ball is like the only women uh, in the fifties doing what they're doing with television. And so they were friends. They um, bonded over their struggles of it being a male dominated business. And um, they oftentimes relied on each other through all these various things, divorce, death, etc. Um, And then another interesting fact is that NBC actually offered her, offered Betty an anchor job on the Today Show. And she turned that offer down because she didn't want to move to New York where the show was produced. Mm-hmm. And so guess where, guess who got that spot? Hmm. Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters. <laughs> Barbara. Mm-hmm. So Barbara got the job after Betty turned it down. That's incredible. 
I know. Isn't it crazy to think that she's connected to these women? Like, it's just, I mean, it's, it's not because I know the timing makes sense in my head, but to have that like intimate connection with Lucille Ball is definitely something that's like, wow, that's kind of crazy. Right. Never really put too much thought into that. No. <clears throat> Uh, from 1962 <laughs> to 1971, Betty hosted NBC's Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade um, in for 20 years. She was also a color commentator for NBC's annual Tournament of Roses Parade. So this started, though, to conflict with when she was becoming more famous for being on the Mary Tyler Moore show, which was on CBS. Mm -hmm. So NBC decided that they were going to pull Betty because of the rival promotions Mm -hmm. of trying to get people to watch the two different networks. And um, so they were like, well, you can't be like in our parade anymore. Sorry. And she actually was very heartbroken. Like she thought, Like, she was the only person who was supposed to be doing it. I mean, she had a co-host or whatever, but she said the first time that she watched the New Year's Day parade at home, she just felt wretched. And it was, she was like somebody watching somebody else do my parade. Oh, Betty. I know. What a bunch of fuckers. So in 1973 is when she began appearing on the Mary Tyler Moore show and um, she she played Sue Ann Nevins or Nivens and um, she was like a devious flirtatious host of the station's happy homemaker show because mm-hmm. on Mary Tyler Moore show it's like a fake television newsroom like it's a show about shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So she did receive three Emmy Award nominations for her work and one in 1975 and 1976. And so then after the series ended in 1977, she then got a resurrection of the Betty White show again and then ended up having recurring roles after that on like the Love Boat and Mama's Family. Love Boat. She won a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series for the first season of The Golden Girls. Ooh, girl. Yep. And so, um, actually, the entire time that The Golden Girls ran, she was nominated every year. Well, rightfully so. (laughs) Well earned. So, those of you who are not familiar with the cult classic, The Golden Girls... Uh, get off of our page get out of our (laughs) take us out of your ears and move on I'm just kidding don't I was like I don't even think I need to describe what this show is about but basically four (laughs) elderly female friends uh live together and um hijinks ensued because each of the four people had such varying personalities and um Although they were all, quote unquote, like elderly, they spanned quite a ways in age. Right. And so it was like all dealing with like basically above 60s bullshit. Like once you were over 60 years old, like then what? And um, it was one of like the most top ranked shows. It still it is. Was on, it was on for seven seasons. It still is. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I mean, my Facebook feed's full of like Golden, uh, Girls, Golden Girls merch to buy. Right. <laughs> um 
Ugh, there's a bug on my mic. She did it. She got oh. it. Hate I was you. wondering, I'm like, she's grabbing her mic. What is she doing? It was going to go into my mouth. Not the mic, the bug. I'm glad you got it. I mean, it wasn't really muffly, so there's that. I was very gentle. I, I wasn't going to like, you know, yeah, I got you. hurt I got your clogged. ears and knock the mic over. No, I clogged you going. Pepped. <laughs> uh, so some fun facts about the Golden Girls is that Betty was actually original, originally offered the role of Blanche. <laughs> That's even funnier. Which you can't even picture in your mind now. No. You cannot picture not. Betty White playing Blanche. Mm-mm. Um, And then Rue McCallahan was the one was offered to play the role of Rose. And so they were offered to play those roles because they were similar to characters that the those two women were playing on other shows. So like, you know, Blanche was a little bit of a closer character to what Betty was playing on the Mary Tyler Moore show, who was like flirtatious and um, sexually out there, I guess, for that time. And, uh, you know, adventurous. If you yeah. Do. Not afraid to talk about dicks, basically. Um, take them. <laughs> yeah. So the director of the pilot actually suggested that they switch roles. And so initially they went into this like completely different. But once they switched roles and saw how it came out, they're like, nope, this is it. So that's crazy. I know. I know. Um, so, oh, I thought I had the gossip girl or the gossip girl, the gossip about, um, Betty and her co-worker. coworker. I thought I had it in here. Maybe it's in here, just not in the right spot. Maybe we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so Golden Girls went off the air in 1982, and then Betty was in a, a little spinoff called Golden Palace. Uh, she was um, a guest star on a bunch of television series, and um, she played herself on the John Larroquette show in 1996 and won another Emmy Award for that. <laughs> for just being her fucking self. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Yes. How validating. <laughs> <laughs> okay oh the here's the gas. validation here's hot the gas so betty had a strained relationship with the golden girls co-star b arthur and then this strained relationship was on and off the set um commenting that well i guess betty commenting that b arthur was not fond of her and that she found me this is Betty saying this. She mm-hmm. found me a pain in the neck sometimes. It was my positive attitude. And that made me mad sometimes. Sometimes I if it. I was happy, she'd just be furious. <laughs> I, I love it because I did. I read, I think I read it or whatever, but or maybe even saw the interview where she said all that. And it's just like, <laughs> she literally killed her with kindness. <laughs> um. So after... B. Arthur's death in 2009, Betty did say, I knew it would hurt. I just didn't know it would hurt this much. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, it was still a positive experience for both of them. Uh, they they had some differences, but they had a mutual respect for the show. And um, obviously, they both cared about making sure that the show was successful as an ensemble. Mm-hmm. So it didn't seem to like get in the way too much. But um, yeah, it seems that just because Betty existed and was happy, it drove B. Arthur nuts. I mean, I'm not surprised by this, though. <laughs> Betty was an enigma. Let's be honest. Um, here's another little fun fact. Betty was offered the part of Beverly Connolly, the on-screen mother to Helen Hunt's character in the 1997 Oscar-winning movie, As Good As It Gets. Could and, you imagine? Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to take her seriously. I know, I know. But so I didn't remember this. I remember watching As Good As It Gets, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. And so I didn't remember that there was a scene where Jack Nicholson's character, like, pitches a small dog down a trash chute. Yes. (laughs) And so Betty said she wouldn't do the movie if that scene was in there because she was such an animal advocate. And um, Betty basically was like, all I could think of is that there'd be people out there who'd watch the movie. And then if a dog was barking or something and they didn't like it, then they'd follow suit and just throw the dog in the trash, basically. So she was like, I tried to talk to the director about cutting the scene and he didn't want to. So he replaced her with Shirley Knight. Oh, well, yeah, that was their loss. (laughs) And then, um, in 1983, Betty became the first woman to win a Daytime Emmy Award in the category of Outstanding Game Show Host. She was a a host for NBC's Just Men. Um, After after so much work on all of the game shows, she was actually deemed First Lady of Game Shows. (laughs) That's adorable. I know. I mean, but think about how witty you have to be and how, like, you really can't have a whole lot of ailments or uh, things that keep your brain from triggering because all of this stuff is ad lib. Game show like we participants, game shit. show hosts, skits. Our lives are all- game shows. We're game show hosts every time we go into public. <laughs> but we don't have the pressure of it being broadcast out to millions of people. No pressure. Not pressure at all. <laughs> so... In 2000, whoa, 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 <laughs> Emma, <laughs> she's here. Jeez. Oh boy, hold on. Okay, so then in 2010, she came back with like this huge surge of popularity, um, because she was in a Super Bowl commercial. Where she was tackled during a <laughs> recreational football game. <laughs> yes. And um, so after that, stop, Emma. After that, fans launched a Facebook campaign to have her host Saturday Night Live. So she was 88 years old at the time. And the, the fan base basically petitioned for her to host. And so she became... Um, uh, Saturday Night Live's oldest host ever. 
And then, of course, received an Emmy Award for her her performance. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) She cannot go wrong. Anything she does, gold. Exactly. Um, it she her episode garnered the highest ratings that that show had had in eighteen months. So yes, doing the the TV Lord's work. (laughs) Honestly, she's beloved. Um. So in 2014, the Guinness World Book World Records book um, awarded Betty the title of longest TV career for an entertainer female for her more than 70 years in show business. Man. And um, the year before, they had given it to a guy. So actually her and the male entertainer from the year before uh, were like neck and neck because they both started their careers in 1939. <laughs> that's awesome well she, um, she won because she got the next year after <laughs> so uh in addition to her acting as i mentioned she was an animal rights activist and she's been known to say i have to keep acting so that i can afford to keep doing my charity work mm-hmm. and she worked with the los angeles zoo and the morris animal foundation for 40 years um, she said, I'm the luckiest old broad alive. Half my <laughs> life is working in a profession that I love. And the other half is working with animals. I mean, she's not wrong. She said it was her thrill to be with Mr. Obama, but the bigger thrill was being with Bo, their dog. <laughs> <laughs> Same girl. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> she said that, uh, she spent a half an hour with Bo on her lap. I mean, he was so cute. So she has um, written memoirs, Uh, Here We Go Again, My Life in Television, that came out in 1995. And If You Ask Me, and of course you won't, in 2011. (laughs) Mild amount of sarcasm. (laughs) Her audiobook recording of You, If You Ask Me, and of course you won't. Won a Grammy Award for Best Spoken Word (laughs) Album. And she, of course, dictated, I'm sure. (laughs) And then she was inducted into the Television Hall of Fame in 1995. As one should be. On uh, August 18th, 2018, Betty's career was celebrated in a PBS documentary called Betty White, First Lady of Television. That documentary was actually filmed over a period of 10 years. So, yeah, they had lots of archive footage from (laughs) colleagues and friends. Um, So days before her passing, she made a video that was meant to be shown at her 100th birthday celebration, thanking her fans and affirming that her birthday celebration was in honor um, of her for her fans. And so she referred to herself again as the luckiest old broad. So on December 25th, 2021 is when she suffered a stroke. So that would have been Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the morning of New Year's Eve, December 31st, is when she actually passed away in her sleep. She lived in... Went out with a bang. Yeah, she lived in Brentwood. um, You know, it's a suburb of Los Angeles. She died at 99, but um, she was only 18 days away from her 100th birthday. Oh and um, one of my 
favorite quotes from Betty, which I think we've all seen in a meme or something at this point, is why do people say gross and balls? Balls are weak and sensitive. If you want to be tough, grow a vagina. Those things can take a pounding. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I think she was the one to originate that whole concept. (laughs) Yeah. So I obviously didn't get into the fact that she had a resurgence when she went on Hot in Cleveland. It was a show on uh, like Nick at Night or, you know, the adult Nickelodeon. And um, uh. She was also in The Proposal with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. And they had continuous, um, we'll call them meetups or whatever later on. Like I've seen so many little uh, jokes that they play on each other. It seemed like it was like an ongoing relationship between all of them. Didn't she also host a show like of old people doing pranks on Mm -hmm. on people? Yes, (laughs) she did. (laughs) Yeah. The senior citizen prank show where they pranked yes. younger people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they would go around in their fucking rascals and run shit over like, oh, well, I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> even see you there. <laughs> yeah, I fall out of wheelchairs and stuff, even yes. though they can walk. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, so yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't get into her every single thing that she did for work. Um but Every generation, I think, knows her from something different. Yeah. You know, even though um, the younger generation below us probably doesn't even know what the Mary Tyler Moore show is or what these, like, game shows like Password are. (laughs) But they know the Golden Girls. But they know Betty White. Um, My sources today were Forbes.com, thescarlet.org, life.com biography.com wikipedia britannica 13.org and mentalfloss.com oh miss betty what thank you i love that she really had no dirt and the one person that tried to throw dirt on her name she was like i don't know i just i'm nice to her she just keeps getting angry i'm just existing in a happy yes she's just one fucking bothered let her be (laughs) (laughs) incredible so i had had a feeling her life was going to be fairly epic but i mean the woman always made sure she had a job she was always working yep that's for sure that is for sure and then eventually it just kind of fell into her lap (laughs) so i uh I was happy to be able to pull this together for her, but selfishly, I was like, well, this isn't, this isn't that exciting of a story. <laughs> no, I get it for sure. I understand completely, but we have Although to she did like all these firsts, right? Like the whole point of featuring um, women in history is to <laughs> bring light to the fact that they uh, paved away and all the things that they did that we were unaware of and so i mean still in this story there were quite a few things that i was unaware of that she was really um at the forefront yeah i mean she, it's also a good reminder though yeah she was um all about equal rights you know for lgbtq yeah um, everybody and, everybody animals yeah. included like she yeah. wasn't messing around everybody deserved just 
common courtesy, fairness, food. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is that when you look back at the pictures of her from when she was younger, she's very pretty. So like when they were saying like, she's not photogenic, I was like, maybe she just to them didn't appear well on camera, but she's not unattractive. No, yeah, she was very beautiful when she was younger. They probably just didn't like her go get her attitude. Let's be honest. Mm. She didn't want to read the one the lines <laughs> they were trying right. to try to feed her. Yeah. This one isn't gonna comply. She's not photogenic. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, you. that's the history of Miss Betty. Thank you for the Miss Betty White reminder. You're welcome. Appreciate you. So I guess it's time for Atta Girls. It is. What do you got? Well, I was going to say that I voted today as my Atta Girl, and I already said that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. 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 So, yeah, we're still sticking with it. We're going to double dip. <laughs> That's fair. I'm here for that. I actually did like, so I'm proud of myself because yesterday I was able to schedule my truck. I have to get new tires and the vet. I made those two appointments that I've been putting off for maybe two weeks, calling that mm. place up and doing that thing. Mm. So very proud of myself. Yeah. You talk about appointments. I was on the phone for over an hour with a health insurance agent. No. Trying to get my insurance situated for next year. And there's just no good option. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish we could get married, like, what's it called, so that I could help you with your insurance. Right? Ugh. These plans, I tell you, they get you, no matter what you do. It's this capitalism Yeah, is what's getting us. Yeah. So, I don't know, I guess I could use that as an girl, even though I haven't selected anything yet. <laughs> I sat on the phone for, like, an hour and ten minutes. So You did your research, and that's half the battle, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, anyway, um, well, if you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe. Tell your um, friends. Yeah, you can suggest a hoe of history by emailing us at homancepodcast at gmail.com or following us on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles. Um, you can get homance merch at nicolebonneville.etsy.com. And we have a closed group on Facebook that has nothing to do with this content anymore. Um, Their the legacy Homance... content, but they're keeping it strong. <laughs> the Homans Chronicles, a judgment-free zone. On the Facebooks. Yep. So that's yeah. it. That's all I got. All right. Well, fucking Homans out then. Yeah. <laughs>